0: everybody you are listening to suds buds the show where good buds talk good suds with the wonderful workers of the beer industry i'm your host eric anderson and with me as always in the studio co-host of the show dustin stelton
1: what's up my dude what's happening
0: chilling dude just another day at the office just
1: another day at the friggin office dude having a tuesday is what we're doing here
0: yeah it sounds like you had a little bit of a rough one just talking before we got on air but
1: uh not like the roughest in the world just tired just trying to catch up from the weekend as i'm growing older in my 25 years of experience dude i've just i'm getting wiped out lack of sleep and like boozing and going and doing stuff basically it's just staying up way too late getting up way too early and it's it's like burning your candle at both ends you know
0: You gotta remember to take care of yourself. Physical health, mental health, equally as important. I
1: try to as much as possible. It's just that old sleep thing. My mind just races so much, and I want to do so much all the time. But there's only so many hours in the day. But we're getting better at it. It's uh, Not really. We're not getting better at it at all. (laughs) We're actually making zero strides. Things are getting worse recently. But that's alright. We're here. We're doing the thing. We're still trudging along, you know, powering through. Keep hammering.
0: Well, I feel you, man, and... We're about to turn things around for you today, hopefully. And I hope so. On the topic of hammering, what uh, what's the beer that you brought over
1: tonight? That was probably the best segue I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, this is a beer that's been sitting in your fridge for I don't know about a week, right? Yeah, we went to Abuelas last week.
0: Uh, yeah, that sounds about right.
1: It is a smoked IPA called Sertor's Flame S R T R. I don't know. It's some um, yeah. from Hammerheart Brewing Company up in Lino Lakes. I thought it was the Anoka area, but I was wrong. Lino Lakes. A little bit a little bit north of here. But yeah, I'm really excited for this. I've had their smoked lager before and it was excellent. And for anybody who doesn't know, Hammerheart does I wanna say smoked beers like exclusively. Like all their beers are smoked.
0: I think so. Um, See, that are a large majority, if not all, it's kind of what they're known for. Kind of their bread yeah. and butter is making out, like pumping out really good smoke beers. Yeah. I
1: haven't, I haven't been able to make it to their tap room, but all their cans I've ever seen, um, as we create a crack, all their cans I've ever seen, they've always been smoked. Is that my cord? Are you making that noise? Yeah, I think it's the pillow rubbing up against it.
0: There we go. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's pour a couple of these samples up, and while you're doing that, I actually brought something for you okay there bud. no
1: we'll pass that dude i told you we we have yet to learn that well that one can be yours <laughs> you sure <laughs> i should just not be doing the pouring you I know what it say, is it's the looks first pretty pour good. Looks pretty good. Yeah, but it's like that like that little dribble i don't know how to stop that
0: few little drips but both both pretty solid looking pours good head on this beer um, yeah, so this is, again, Hammerheart Brewing Company, Surter's Flame, uh, smoked IPA coming in at 8%. She's a doozy. And, uh, yeah, beer brewed with beechwood, cherrywood, uh, smoked malts, Voss Kvike yeast, and... Uh, There's a like Kvike
1: yeast that's been coming up recently. Coming up a few times now since we talked about it, but... Uh, that's interesting that they would... So, beforehand, it sounded like... Vike yeast was more often than not used in lagers, because it was able to mimic a lot of the characteristics of lagers yeah so it makes me interested why they would use this in an ipa when you're not loggering
0: yeah i don't know i don't know what the uh the the mentality behind that is we'll have to have someone on from hammerheart uh one of these days and maybe get the lowdown on that
1: but that would be nice Maybe next up. Maybe next episode. We'll see. We'll get it in the works.
0: Yeah. Let's crack open the conversation on
1: this bad boy. Agreed. Not gonna lie, getting zero smoked. Well, maybe that was a lie. It's just a different smoked than the smoke that I got from the lager that I had. It's like a a cherry smoke almost. It's weird.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I... You know, I had, I had one of these actually, probably about two months ago now with friend of the show mm-hmm. Nate actually, and I remember that being much smokier. But this yeah. is, um, I mean, this
1: tastes like it's got like a more barrel aged flavor to it than it really does, like a smoked beer.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. There's, it's definitely boozy, and there's definitely like a. It's got kind of a hearty, like earthy taste, but I yeah. Mm, not, this one's not coming through incredibly smoky this time around. Not as much as
1: I remember it. it this is, yeah, you've had this one. Yeah. So I, I wonder if these are just old cans.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I almost forgot though. I got us a little snack to go along with this. Do we have an appetizer? We have an appetizer. Did you go to, did you go to Applebee's? No, I <laughs> was chefing today, dude. Frig yeah. Uh, but yeah, I figure since we're drinking a smoked beer, let's have a spiced snack. <gasps> Look at you. I know you like uh, pumpkin spice as a flavor, so I
1: hooked it up with some
0: pumpkin spice
1: mini hey, cupcakes. Hey, buddy. Cheers to the cupcakes. Yeah, you Appreciate do. you. Are these one biters? Yeah, these are for sure one oh, biters. Oh, that's a one biter. That's
0: the only way to do it. They're pretty damn good. You made these? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're lying. No, no. I spent some time in the kitchen today baking. Um, ran some errands this morning, and yeah. Got done a little earlier than expected. Felt like, you know, just doing a little chefing.
1: But, I don't believe uh, you. I don't believe my friend is this good at baking. Oh, well, believe you me. That's actually ridiculous. Thanks, man. That might be the best pumpkin spice cupcake I've ever had in my life. I mean, I've only ever probably had, like, four of them, but, yeah, that's the best one.
0: Thanks, buddy. Appreciate
1: that's unbelievable.
0: It. We were talking about, uh, pumpkin spice, uh... I don't know. A few shows ago, no, you said it's one of your favorite flavors. But um,
1: yeah, it's amazing, dude. There's so many pumpkin spice haters out there, and it's like, dude, shut up. It's popular for a reason. It rips.
0: Well, we'll send you with some of them to go. I'm glad you like them. Appreciate that, man. Um, but back on the topic of beer, this uh, this Hammerheart beverage,
1: getting some uh, a lot of grapefruit towards the end on that.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit on the end. It's definitely very, like, malt forward. It's uh, yeah. pretty pretty bready uh, for an IPA, but I don't dislike it. Also, probably worth mentioning the color on this beer. Pretty dark, pretty cloudy.
1: Yeah, it's weird. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, you can literally see, as I hold it up to the light, I can literally see the the particles, like, floating around in there.
0: It's good. Um but I am glad we're just splitting one can of it for our pre-show beer because uh I
2: don't
1: know if I could do a pint.
0: No, and we still got a bunch of other beers to sample tonight. Yeah. But we'll get up to that or get back to that in just a second here. Um Dustin, if you had to review the was it Suitors Flame? Yes, sir. From Hammerheart. What would you give it?
1: God, this is kind of tough for me because Hammerheart's one of those those breweries that I, I, I love their aesthetic. I think it's super metal. And, like, when you hear about them, they're just doing things so much differently than a lot of other breweries are doing. And I appreciate that to the absolute fullest. Um... For this big doozy of an IPA, uh... I'm just not I'm not feeling it, man. I don't know if I would pick this up. I actually know for a fact I wouldn't buy this again for anybody. Um not I wish thing. I wish the smoked flavor would come up more and maybe it's just because of an old can. I don't think it tells us the can by date on there. Yeah. Um I'm willing to give it another test run if I can find it on tap for sure because I I I believe that they would they would put some more smoked flavor in this, but I'm, I'm getting more barrel-aged. I'm getting heavy grapefruit. And as listeners of the show know, I'm not a heavy uh, heavy grapefruity flavor type of guy, just in general. So that's, like, a lot of Minnesotan IPAs and pale ales, unfortunately. And West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2-2. Um, 2-2. Two, two. Two, two. Yeah, I would wow. not buy again. I'm going to buy again, just because I want to give it another shake. But if this was the beer I got a second time, eh, I don't well, enjoy it.
0: Appreciate the honesty, man. I mean, that's kind of what this is all about, you know, and it's, it doesn't mean we won't make a, a trip up to Hammerheart more than these Absolutely not. But, uh, well, you know. they already
1: have a beer that I love, and I'll, I'll, I'll sing the praises of, because that smoked lager I had, that was phenomenal. For sure. This one, not so much.
0: Yeah, this is a tough one for me, like, uh, excuse me, um... I feel like I'm trying to re-rate this beer because it definitely isn't delivering as much the second time around. I mean, I like it. It's it's not... I, I don't think I feel as strongly about it a- as you do. Like, either way, it's just kind of... It's okay. I, I don't dislike it. I'd probably buy it again. I think I would have to give it a... Maybe like a 3.7 just because it's it's different, but it's... Everything about it is just kind of... Kind of subtle, you know. It's yeah, I'm not picking up on a lot of those those uh, smoke malts, but uh,
1: nothing really blew me away in it. You know, it was no. kind of first of all, I think if they would have it, it, this can in particular, if they would not have labeled it as smoked, yeah, I think my brain might have instinctually placed it a little bit higher. Sure, but because I went in expecting that same smoky flavor that I did, like the, you know, like that's a like good down south smoked meat flavor for sure that, that we I've gotten in hammer heart beers prior yeah yeah instantly it would it would have gone up but it, it just threw my palate for such a curveball that I'm kind of left a little like oh you know like if you don't get the toy you want on Christmas oh, one of those things
0: I feel it I I get it I do get where you're coming from um And I'm sorry you feel that way, Dustin.
1: Yeah. Also, I'm not a big, like, imperial IPA fan, so a little bit of personal bias in there. For sure.
0: But, you know, if this sounds like something that's up your alley, feel free to check it out. We found that on Bibulous, but Hammerheart Products, um, available number of liquor stores in the Twin Cities, um, so track them down. And if you're interested in... Trying some of my signature mini pumpkin spice cupcakes. Find them at an Aldi near you. Um,
1: oh, God. What would you name your brand if you just had a cupcake brand? Lemmy's uh, uh, um, Cakes. Lemmy's Cakes. For the beard,
0: you know? We'll think about it. We'll think about it. I'll get back to you on that. The one. logo.
1: You'd think you would think. No, he probably doesn't own rights to that beard. No,
0: no. You, I don't think you can own rights. But what to if a you
1: just had like a logo of the beard and that's all it was, much like what Dangerous's man is with the big beard, but yours was just the Lemmy?
0: That'd be kind of cool. I'd be flattered. Cupcakes. I mean, and, and Tristan's got like the bald man. I mean, yeah. yeah, I could maybe do that.
1: Those would be the most metal cupcakes ever.
0: I've got some work to do, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But uh, <laughs> what we're getting to today um, is an interview with the owner. And president of Bent Brew Stilling out of Roseville, Minnesota.
1: This is a brewery I'm pretty stoked about. Uh, Looking at their tap list, they just do a lot of insane styles of flavors that you really don't see that often, which is pretty cool. I always like new and experimental stuff and pushing boundaries and getting outside of the norm. And, you know, this is like, that's bent. Yeah, they do that.
0: Yeah, and I think they kind of you know it seems like that was kind of their their thing from the get-go is like r- respecting uh, old traditional styles but also not being afraid to venture out because I mean they were bold as a business right out the gates because they were Minnesota's first ever brewery and distillery
1: uh, which is yeah I didn't even know that. Was like, I didn't even know that was like a legal thing that we could get a license to do in Minnesota knowing how weird our liquor light, our liquor laws are yeah, I'm I'm super
0: curious. I've only been there once or twice and they were very quick visits, but uh yeah, super excited to hear about the story behind uh our guest Bartley uh Bartley Bloom yep. and uh Bent Bruce Stilling. So all that and more right up next on this episode of Suds Buds. So yeah, we're here tonight with uh, Bartley Bloom from Bent Bruce Stilling out of Roseville. Uh, Bartley, welcome to the show, man. Welcome.
3: Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: So uh, I'm curious, kind of uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, kind of before Bent Bruce Stilling was a thing, and then kind of how that became a thing um, as the owner and president of the company.
3: Uh, The origin story. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, well... Uh, I was born at a very young age. (laughs) At the time I was born, I was the youngest person in America.
1: We have Uh, that in common, you and I. I was once that, too.
3: (laughs) Small world, right? Um, But yeah, you know, grew up, uh, born in Wisconsin, raised in uh, South Georgia, lived in Alabama for quite a while, went to school at Auburn University, electrical engineering, worked for NASA for a couple of years down there at Marshall Space Flight Center um yeah yeah i was a, a propulsion test engineer for a little while which
2: was wow
3: Bye, see you okay sorry
0: no you're good all these
3: interruptions okay thank you i'm on the phone see ya <laughs> um so uh worked for nasa for quite a while that was great um moved to kansas city for a couple of years then transferred down to miami uh that was all in the uh in the form of being an an engineer as well. And uh, then got a transfer up here to Minnesota, worked for a local aerospace company that built high-speed wind tunnels and aerodynamic test facilities for NASA's around the world, uh, which afforded me a lot of travel. Went to Brazil quite a bit, went to Australia and all over Southeast Asia. That was great. Loved it. But uh, it wasn't what I wanted to end up doing. Um, Then down in, in I think it was uh, 2007, my wife bought me a Mr. Beer kit. And uh, she's regretted it ever since. (laughs) But uh, that was the beginning of the new obsession. Um, Whenever I get into something, I get all the way into it. And this was just something that um, was, to me, very interesting. I, I like, I've i always loved to cook. So making something that I can drink as well, uh, I thought was just incredible. So got obsessed with brewing beer, uh, wrote a business plan to start a brewery. And this was 2008 when I wrote the business plan.
1: Well, so not long after you got your first kit.
3: Right. Yeah. It was maybe six months after somewhere wow. in the middle of, 2008 when I decided to write the business plan and that again that's just an insight into the into the psyche um, part of my hobby was writing the business plan mm-hmm. Um I don't know many people that would go that far in a business in a, in a hobby but again it was all stuff that was still considered a hobby I really wasn't too serious about it but I just wanted to explore the options and it gave me something to gave the hobby another dimension right so um and then um, met the guys from Liftbridge at a chili competition out in Stillwater. And I was like, wait a minute, this is possible? You guys are just homebrewing, but you have a brewery and you are selling beer? Like, yeah, sure, it's easy. So with that sort of inspiration, I went further into it, um, revised the business plan over and over again, and then in two thousand and nine my buddies at Bolton announced that they were opening. And that's when I said, ah, darn it, that's too many breweries. Yeah, little did I know. Right, (laughs)
0: little did we all know, yeah.
3: Right, how many breweries we could really have. Um, So, uh, and I'm also the kind of person that if I can't be one of the first few to do something like that, I just don't want to do it at all. Mm -hmm. So I threw my business plan in the garbage can and uh, picked up a book on distilling. That's when I fell in love again. Uh, read another dozen books about distilling, then decided to, uh, to try it out. Uh, built a still on my back porch, uh, never used it as far as you know, but uh, started out using my brewing knowledge to make whiskeys and bourbons and things like that. Um, that's when I discovered that that's probably the next biggest thing so I rewrote my business plan to be a brew distillery. Several years went by as I kept practicing and all that sort of stuff, not making bourbons and whiskeys, of course, because that's illegal. Um, and got fed up with work. Um, I think it was September of 2012 when I decided to not work full time anymore and work 100% on my distillery concept and then uh, 2013 I found a brewery to contract brew for me which ended up being a alternating proprietorship which turned into a merger between Bent Pustillery and Poor Decisions Um, not a lot of people remember the name Poor Decisions but they were around from uh, I think they started up in 2012 okay small brewery
0: and were they located in Roseville as well
3: Yes, uh, basically we merged as one company with, with uh, us setting up house in in their space, which they had seventy five hundred square feet rented in uh, in Roseville. Got it. Very cool.
1: Wow, that is a journey. It's it's such a journey from man. working at NASA to you know brewing beers. That like that is you li- you have lived a more interesting life than most, Mr. Bartle. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I I would I would agree that it is very interesting for sure. It keeps me on my toes. We'd never well, I'll wanted... tell you...
0: Sorry, what was that?
3: Yeah, it keeps me on my toes. We never we don't want any dull moments in our lives.
0: Agreed, agreed. Nothing worse than being bored. But right. uh tell you what, man, the first one we cracked open uh of your beverages tonight is the uh Nordic, Nordic blonde. blonde. And it is not disappointing. This is a this is a real tasty one. Oh yeah. yeah.
3: Thornic Blonde was actually the first beer that I ever made as a home brewer.
0: Really? Uh, no kidding.
3: tastes nearly this good, <laughs> believe me. Um, it's definitely uh, evolved quite a bit over the years, and especially working with a, a, an accomplished uh, brewer uh, like Kristen England, who has taken my recipes and and improved the hell out of them. Um, but uh, this is our biggest seller. It's our, our number one go-to. Um, both in the tap room as well as uh, in the liquor stores and bars and restaurants. So mm-hmm. this is our, for lack of a better term, I, I hate to use the word, word flagship because we really don't have a flagship. We uh, we mix it up so much that there's really no one beer that defines us, which is the definition of a flagship. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely our most popular and our biggest seller. Right. Very cool. I like that mentality.
1: Yeah. What was the thought process of wanting to go with a a vast array of um rotating taps than like more traditional style flagships
3: the thought process behind that is is just catering to our own personalities um sure i definitely like a wide variety of beers um i don't like to drink the same thing day in Mm -hmm. and day out um anymore um Back in college, you know, we were all considered beer snobs, me and my friends, because we drank Budweiser all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Bud <laughs> heavies? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The heavies, the full buds. Um, but, you know, I mean, to have a variety to me is, it's uh, to coin a term, uh, it's the spice of life. It is what keeps life interesting. You right. know, and as you mentioned, uh, I've done a lot of different things and I'd like to continue to do a lot of different things. In um, drinking different beers and different uh, liquors and all that sort of stuff is, is a huge part of, of the different experiences in, in one's life.
1: Right. Well, speaking of that spice of life, what was some of the, I guess you could call them innovations and changes from when you had brewed this Nordic Blonde from the beginning to where it stands today?
3: A lot of it is um, uh, quality of grain choices. Um, what, what we could get at, or what I could personally get at Northern Brewer versus what we can get as a commercial brewery Mm -hmm. are times two very different things.
0: Right. Um, Interesting.
3: And having a, uh, a very knowledgeable brewer who can pick the higher qualities and knows which ones are the higher quality is, is huge. Um, also, uh, the same thing with hops and, and substitutions. Um, a lot of the times, or a long time ago, this beer was 100% sods, hops. Um, it's evolved quite a bit since then, and the hops are a little bit brighter, and, um, but, but not as overpowering as, as sods can be. Yeah, that so, was
1: actually that was one thing that Eric and I were talking about pre-show because we had actually had a, a Nordic pre-show to uh familiarize ourselves a little bit. And one thing that I had said about it was it, it like it kind of reminded me a little bit of a, a Pilsner instead of a blonde because and Eric pointed out that it was because the hops are very bright in this. Like it's not like super it's not overpowering by any means, but it's very flavorful, yet light body blonde.
3: Yep, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. That's what we were going for. I wanted super light body. I wanted something that was easily quaffable, um, not too high in ABV like a lot of craft beers can be, mm. but also not, um, you know, not watered down at the same time. So, I mean, we hit the nail right on the head with this beer and... Believe it or not, I had graduated out of the Budweiser realm and um, into the Michelob realm.
1: The natural Uh, evolution as a as a Minnesotan. That was my. Were you you in Minnesota at that? You had to be because McGolden's an only Midwest thing, correct?
3: Um, I was drinking the Michelob uh, Gold. Okay. Not the, uh, not the Ultra or or the. The Michelob—not the Michelob Golden Light, but the uh, the Michelob Dark—the the
1: The blue cans.
3: It was in bottles then. It was the amber Hmm. bottle, kind of an hourglass shape to the bottles. Okay. In years, but uh, that was here in Minnesota. Interesting. Um, And we were looking for something again. That was a Pilsner, of course. So we were—I was, you know, looking for a Pilsner in the beginning. Yeah. Make uh I want
0: to make a an ale that drank like a pilsner Nice. Well, I appreciate it. This is um real tasty. Nordic mm-hmm. blonde. Um, like I was saying to Dustin, I feel like a lot of blonde ales I've tried in Minnesota, it seems like they're almost um absent of any real hop flavor profile. Yeah. Not all, but a lot of them. It's just kind of just like malty, little sweet, just real, real, real light. And this to me, it's like It's really nice. It's uh,
1: it's a little bit more, little something more.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crisp. There's a little bit going on in this real light beer.
3: Yeah, cool. Thanks. I'm glad you guys uh, get it.
0: Uh, Now, one thing we like to do on the show, Bartley, is we like to try to review each of our beers that we taste on our five star scale. So it can be tough to review your own beers sometimes. So you know, do what you will with that. But uh, Dustin, if you had to rate it on five stars, what would you give it?
1: traditionally i'm not just like a a straight across the board like blonde fan but this is excellent like this is a bit of a curveball for me and it's everything that i kind of wanted right now but didn't know i wanted and for that reason i think i'm adding i think i gotta give it a four six out of five this is real good
0: a damn good review yeah
1: and I mean I think that's the strongest just like for like for like a Blondale you know for like what it is like yeah. that that's an excellent score that's beat out a lot of beers that wanted to be more intricate than they probably should have
0: yeah no I, I agree I'm gonna give it a strong score as well I think I might actually meet you there at the four six it's just something that I would stock my fridge with it's something I couldn't you know, you can have a few with. It's something mm-hmm. that would be good with a meal, um, oh, yeah. and it's something that you can maybe give to your one friend who is like the the Mick Ultra guy or the Coors Light guy, and maybe try to bring them over to this this dark yeah. side of the craft beer world. Um, I think it's one of those nice converter beers.
1: So you know what you just did when you hand somebody one of these? You just took down essentially a third of their bank account. It's just you just axed them. They're gonna go to every brewery and brew distillery now in the area and see ya it's yes. done
3: yeah it's i agree i agree we do call this a training wheels beer yes um also a, a gateway beer is, a, is it yep. good, uh, for it i like it, that uh, you know nothing against furious but if furious is the first craft beer you drink
1: you might not, you not like, like craft beer,
3: beer. Um, it is, uh, it is, a, it's a kick in the face, but it's meant to be, that's what it is. And it's a, it's a very, it's not an advanced craft beer, but it is more, uh, a higher level craft beer than just an entry level kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why we wanted to make something like this. Cause it's approachable, um, easy to drink. And, um, it is a step above your, your mega brands with uh, a huge amount of flavor without being over the top.
0: Right on. Well said. If you had to rate your own beer, Bartley, what would you give it?
3: You know, this one rests. It it rests very, very comfortably in the high threes on Untaps. So, sure. Um, personally, I do like this one quite a bit too. And again, it, it hits all the right marks for what we were looking for. Yeah. Um, I think I'd I'd put it around a, a four, four or four or five. Also. Nice. Wow. I, you know, I, I keep it uh, uh, modest because it's a modest beer. Sure. It's not Pliny the Elder. Right. <laughs> but who well, is? I, after Russian I, River.
1: I think for the first time on the show, we had, maybe, we'll have to fact check this, but we had the guest underrank the hosts on their own beer.
0: It might be, but I, I respect the modesty and we've still got two more to go. So we'll see what we think of these next two. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody, we're back on Suds Buds with Bartley Bloom, uh, owner and president of Bent Brew Stilling out of Roseville, Minnesota. And uh, high reviews all around for that last one, that uh, Nordic Blonde. That was excellent. Um, So up next here, we've got the Enough, which is their IPA, which I'm really excited to try. Never had this one before, Bartley. Uh, Tell me a little bit about this beer.
3: Yeah, this one is meant to be more of a, a traditional English Indian Pale Ale, um, being the origin of the of the beer uh, in England. It's uh, again, it's hoppy but approachable.
0: Yeah. So the the Enough IPA um, from Bent Brew Stilling um, was this the first IPA you guys brewed there, Bartley?
3: It is the first IPA that we brewed as Bent Brew Poor Decisions had brewed. Uh, IPAs, IPA in the past, came out in 2015. Yeah. Um, And it was, uh, again, uh, with this IPA, we were looking for a little bit more of a traditional IPA, something that was going to be a good stand for a kick in the teeth. Um, Don't get me wrong. We've got several kicks in the teeth here. Um, But this was meant to be more approachable, something that was, again, more of an everyday IPA. So what you'll get out of this, and, and our goal for this, was to make a very hoppy beer without being overly bitter. Now, I know a lot of people like the bitterness and our, our IBU hunters, um, but when, for this one, we wanted to go more for the hop flavor and uh, tooth enamel peeling IPA. So again, something you can drink multiple of them. You don't, uh, you know, something that is extremely bitter, I'm not as likely to drink several of them in a sitting. Uh, where this one has that appeal, and again, almost even gateway again, to uh, to getting people to like IPAs. We have a lot of people that come in here and say, "Oh, I don't like IPAs." Well, that's the first thing I'm going to give you behind the bar. Um, right. I'm going to do an IPA um, simply because I think ours is the is the more approachable to the the new inductee into the craft beer scene that says they don't like. IPAs cuz they don't like hops. And I tell them, "Well, is it hops that you don't like or is it the bitterness?" And they no. go, "I guess I don't know what the difference is." Well, hops is a flavor. Bitterness is a mouthfeel. Very, very different things. Right. So, just like sweet is a mouthfeel. Um, those are things that are picked up by the tongue, not, you know, not on the flavor buds. So, hoppy you can have a beer that's very, very hoppy, but not very bitter. You can also have a beer that's very, very bitter and not hoppy. So they are mutually exclusive things. And getting people to understand that really opens their mind to say, wow, I'll try that. And then they try a beer like enough and they go, oh my God, I didn't know I liked hops.
0: I, I'm so happy you just broke that down the way you did because I think uh, to us, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, like that just you know you, you captured it um
1: that was the best way i've ever heard it explained in my life
0: yeah it's a good way to describe it because this beer is not it it is a hoppy beer but as far as the mouthfeel of it goes it's it's not bitter it's pretty soft and it's yeah it's unique i think to have a um an ipa um this hoppy and this uh soft that has the as high a carbonation as this does cuz it still it's definitely i mean it's a bubbly beer, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you pull that off, getting a hoppy beer that finishes smooth without making it uh, overly bitter and aggressive? Uh,
3: oh, wait a oh. minute. I think I got you. Yep. You're back? Yes. All right, we're
0: back. We're back. Uh, where did you lose us, Bartley?
3: Yeah, my, my blue douche went dead on me.
0: <laughs> Damn it. All right. Happens, it happens. Um...
3: <laughs> it's... You know I'm actually usually pretty tech savvy um but uh something about this thing is just not uh and that one seems to be cooperating um that's just one of the we, days we're having yeah yeah. where where did we drop out? I think you were saying about how it was well broken down. I think that was the point where we
0: oh sure, sure um yeah, no, I just think you 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 really broke down those descriptors really well for someone who maybe new to the craft beer game as well as someone who's maybe a seasoned craft beer mm-hmm. drinker but doesn't exactly know what all these flavors are that they're tasting because there's a difference between being someone who drinks a lot of craft beer versus having mm-hmm. like a refined palate which is where i'm right. trying to get to um but how do you achieve uh, an ipa that is hoppy and finishes smooth um and isn't bitter but is still very highly carbonated
3: that is a brewer's secret, my friend.
1: <laughs> Trade <laughs> secrets. Fair that's enough. all right.
3: Yep, yep. We have. Uh, I definitely feel that we have the skills to pay the bills. It's. Uh, we do a lot of things that a lot of people don't do, and we do them well. Um, it's to me. I'm, I'm very, very proud of of the the product that we put out. And again, as you our, should be. Our brewer, Kristen, I mean, he's he's got to be one of the best in the field probably one of the the best brewers that no one's ever heard of outside of the homebrewing community everyone in the home brewing community has heard of of kristen um here locally and abroad he's written books with gordon strong who, of home brewing author fame um a friend of his he gets the uh what is it it's the uh is it in chile yeah the the Chilean Beer Society flies him to Chile every year to judge their homebrewing competition. Wow! All expenses paid. Um,
1: that's he, insane. Yeah, that's pretty impressive.
3: He's got a, a flavor palate like no other. Uh, he was the youngest person ever to achieve Grand Master level three in the CJBC organization for judging craft beer um he's written books um you know i mean again he's called on for advice from people as far away as sierra nevada wow so he's he just isn't that spotlight guy you know so yeah. he's not not todd he's not you know the the flashy you know, guy that's that's out there looking for attention, you know, and he doesn't he doesn't want to give tours and, and things like that. He's just really, really good at what he does, you know, he's a, a maestro on the on the brewing system. Yeah. And every time we talk about something, you know, it's like, hey, let's make this, he goes, okay. And it comes out perfect. I mean it's just there's no there's very little experimentation when you have someone who knows as much about beer as Chris does.
1: That has to make your life and job extremely easy and just less of a headache overall. Like that, that sounds wonderful. I wish I had a guy like that at all times on my team for everything.
3: Absolutely. I I just, yeah, it'd be nice to throw everything on him. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't do anything, but no, as an owner, yes, I'm definitely burdened with the drudgery of, of business ownership. Um, you know and uh, the day-to-day activities and, and uh, things like that and as well as of course all the distilling you know and once you guys get into uh, branch into the distilling side of uh, the craft world uh, let's schedule another time to be on to talk about distilling because that's that is definitely the thing that i've picked up and embraced you know more than the, the brewing i haven't brewed personally in years especially since we've got such an accomplished brewer there's mm-hmm. brew. but uh yeah that is um that's enough Not yeah
0: enough. <laughs> it's a damn good beer um yeah i'm curious to maybe get a little bit into yeah. the distilling and as we're drinking our third yeah. beer but... i would love
1: to find out about the duality between that because i mean it bent is the only brew distillery that i know of and i'd, I'd well, and the there's, first in
0: the state—that's worth yeah. mentioning too. The first, I mean. Yeah.
1: Well, there's so many things that I would love to talk about. Just even like legality-wise, like what are some things that Bent can do that other breweries cannot do? Like there's there's so many things that's mind-boggling to me about uh, that type of license. I guess
3: it is definitely a, a complex web, but um, one that I was very adamant about traversing and, um, and and getting through, so we have, and, and we're very very happy with the the way we 're at right now, with a few additional um relaxing of some uh ridiculous laws mm. um, it, things would be absolutely perfect for us but um yeah that it's quite a bit of a, a much much longer story, but we can get into that if we have time later,
0: yeah, for sure, I am curious um. Well, Bartley, before we get to this review of enough IPA that we just drank, I do have one question for you that I'm kind of curious about. Um, How do you sort of channel your experiences from working in um, aerospace engineering to uh, stepping into the brewing and distilling world? That's a good question.
3: The biggest, uh, I don't know, commonality, similarity, or... I guess advantage of, of my my past experiences in getting in and in, in getting into the uh, brewing and distilling world is the uh the engineering aspects, the uh the problem solving, the equipment side, um, process knowledge, um, being able to to understand um the pumping process and um and in, in, in the dynamics and the thermodynamics of the the heat transfer and, and stuff like that makes us a lot more comfortable with the with the whole process and know you know what's not only know that something went wrong but know why it went wrong sure and, and fixing it so it doesn't go wrong again um it's a, it's a lot of things like that that uh, definitely has prepared me for this and then uh and again, Especially when you get into the distilling world, which is so much more scientific and so much more processed. Um it just uh, it helps. Did I lose you guys? Yeah, we yeah. we got you
0: back. We got you back. Um it was just a few seconds there. Um but uh two at the end of that sentence. <laughs> I think we got you back now. Yep. Um Are are you pretty happy with where you've wound up? Like I mean it it's Looking back, hindsight's 2020. 20, but uh, do you feel like you've kind of finally found your 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 niche, or do you miss uh, your work as an engineer?
3: Um, I really enjoyed immersing myself in other cultures, um, especially ones as as different as the the Southeast Asian culture. Um, I loved the cuisine, loved the people, loved hearing about how what their culture is like and what they do and um, same thing in Australia, uh, although their culture is very similar to ours. they're just a great people to to be around and to befriend. but um, yeah, I, I'm happy with what we've done here with Ben stillery and the in the name we've created and the in the quality of the products that we've got, and we're nowhere near done. I mean, we are constantly thinking ahead for the next beer for the next spirit um and the next trend to come out if we can uh just kind of do whatever we can to make it easier for uh for the consumer and make it a more enjoyable experience for the consumer and that to me is is very fulfilling um and yeah we're we're definitely nowhere near done yet i've got a lot of stuff in the uh I got a lot of bullets in the bandolier, so to speak. There we Um, go. That's a good analogy. It's it's just having the time to get them all put together or loaded in the chamber, you know, loaded in the chamber one at a time. Right. We're trying to do as many as we can all at the same time, Um, especially right now. We've got uh, several new beers coming out, as well as uh, um, a whole line of ready-to-drink cocktails in the bottle yeah that's exciting
1: yeah was it who was was that bent you were telling me about that was doing like cocktails to go
0: yeah so i saw something on your website it looks like you can get like what is it like uh it comes with like a spirit and then the ingredients needed to make a a certain cocktail like greyhounds and old fashions and things like that
3: yep yeah we're actually uh, putting the entire cocktail into a bottle oh wow um you basically buy the bottle and poured over ice. Um, garnishes are optional, but highly recommended. Of course, I mean you get something like a, uh, an Irish mule, which is made with our uh, our bent anchor Irish pachine and ginger beer. It just adding that little bit of lime really sets it off. So we definitely recommend throwing a lime wedge, fresh lime wedge, of course, on the on the edge of your uh, your copper mug and enjoying it that way but these are all ready to drink pour over ice and you're ready to go so already (laughs) um, available this hasn't officially launched yet yeah um we're still putting together the marketing plan and all that for it but we've got a a basquini's bloody mary which is made which is instead of being made with vodka it's made with flame bringer which is our sriracha barrel aged rum wow uh, also got a uh, manhattan made with uh antica vermouth which is a, a very high-end vermouth i had no idea it even existed until our taproom manager mentioned it to me and it's very very good um and also the uh old-fashioned made with our house made bing cherry and orange simple syrup That sounds so good and, yeah Just the first four. We've got uh, plans for well over a dozen.
1: So I'm curious, Bartley, how does that work? If I come down to Bent Brew Stillery, obviously I'm going to get a beer and enjoy the beer. But knowing our liquor laws here in Minnesota, is there going to be – can I sit down and – get a cocktail or do I have to go around the corner and get a cocktail in a separate part of your building? How does, how does all of that work?
3: Yes and no. Yes. What we've got is um, a a small portion of our tap room. We've sectioned off and annexed as part of our distillery. Mm -hmm. As a distillery, we're able to sell 375 milliliter bottles to go. Okay. Um, the 375 milliliter of bottle of of liquor. Cocktails are considered liquor. Mm-hmm. So I can sell you a 375 milliliter bottle of a cocktail as well. So okay. you can take either or a full bottle of liquor or a full bottle of a ready to drink cocktail, take it out of the, the distillery side of the tap room into the beer side of the tap room and there you can open it up and drink it
0: interesting yeah
3: it's a little section of our tap room that we call the loophole
1: yeah yeah that makes sense
3: we even um got a neon sign that says the loophole um that's hanging above that little area um it is a uh, little known fact that any brewery tap room can can uh, apply for a consume and display permit which allows a patron to bring in it's a byo license sure if you've ever been to a small mom and pop italian restaurant where they don't serve wine you can bring in your own bottle of wine and they charge you a corking fee
2: Mm.
3: they consume and display permit
0: interesting
3: technically anyone with the permit that i have Anyone can bring in anything they want and drink it in our taproom.
2: Okay. You can go
3: to, you know, the, the liquor store and pick up a bottle of Smirnoff and bring in a, a, a bottle of OJ and mix yourself screwdrivers all night if you want to. Now, that's not our policy. Um, but you can buy a bottle of our product – and bring it into our tap room and we'll provide you with the setup and you can drink it here of course we promote the fact that you can just come here and buy it and then go around the corner to the tap room and drink it um but yeah no that's a little known fact anyone can do this any brewery can do this if they so desired
0: well i love that concept and honestly oh, yeah. You just inspired us for, uh, I think, some season two content. I think it'd be really cool to call an Uber because obviously this is a, you know, adult beverage, 21 plus podcast, but. uh, Please
1: drink responsibly.
0: Yeah, we got to head on over to Bent and try some of their cocktails, maybe do an episode on cocktail reviews.
1: Sounds fantastic. I am not well versed in cocktails to give you like a good, honest review, but that sounds phenomenal.
3: If you've got buds, you can give an honest review. (laughs) it's fair the way i feel personally yeah uh, you you don't have to be a cicerone to know what beer you like right
1: that's fair that's a very pragmatic way to look at it
3: yeah i appreciate you saying that
0: um Mm -hmm. yeah we'll definitely have to check that out soon here um i guess before we get too deep into spirits bringing it back to what we have in front of us Dustin, if you had to review bent's enough ipa how is it working with you?
1: I think this was a good beer for me to establish myself in a position, and that position is I just don't like grapefruit personally. Um, for everything that you describe this beer as, Bartley, I love it for all of the subtle little intricacies and like brewing process that happened. Into making like the easy drinking IPA that this is, but as a fundamental flavor, and this is this is a running thing with the show is I I'm just not a huge like grapefruity style flavor guy. You're not a big hop head. Not not particularly.
0: go to style. Yeah.
1: No, but I I do appreciate some of the things that come along with this, like we were saying, um, the carbonation levels that light good mouthfeel that you get but it was still very hot forward um for that would i buy this and give it to somebody to try 100 percent 3.7
0: 3.7 not a bad review um i think mine's gonna be a little higher just because this is my style um i've never tried this beer before I was really looking forward to it and um, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think wise on you for keeping those Brewers secrets because whatever you uh, you and uh, – is it Christian?
3: Chris, yeah, Kristen. Kristen, Kristen.
0: Yeah, whatever you and Kristen are doing over there, I mean, you got it down. Um, this is real nice. Would buy again, would give to a friend. I'm going to put it at a 4.4. I think the blonde wowed me a little more just because I haven't had a lot of standout blonde ales recently Um, but this definitely holds its own among the pack of uh, Minnesota IPAs really solid beer yeah Uh, if you had to rate your own beer barley what are you giving it
3: yeah I mean uh, for this one definitely I'd rate it on its on it rate it on its merits Um, again being a, a very hoppy IPA without being overly bitter um, that is really what I tend to look for when I look for an IPA. I look for drinkability. Um, I look for the, the smoothness of the malt in, the, in, the, uh, in it holding up to the, the hops and as well as holding up to the bitterness. I would give this one a, a 4.7. Nice.
1: That's a good score.
3: Real strong review.
1: Yeah. Again, I, I, I agree with everything you said, Bartley. It's just, that's just not my, my flavor profile in particular.
3: Yep. And I get that. I mean, everyone judges based on their, their raspberry. So it may be the perfect raspberry sour, but you're still going to say, yeah, not my thing. And right. So I get it.
0: Very fair. Well, tell you what, Bartley, we, uh, we're going to take a quick little break here and then we're going to be back for our last segment we're going to be talking about the distilling end of bent and actually drinking a cocktail inspired beer. So stay tuned. We will be right back on Suds Buds. So far, we've sampled two uh, kind of European takes on two traditional style ales, but that is not at all what we have up next. What are we drinking, Bartley?
3: Yeah, Snackery. Um, again, touting the fact that we're uh, a Bruce Dillery and trying to wave it around as, as much as we can. Uh, snackery is uh, basically uh, based on a, a daiquiri style of a cocktail but with several other different fruits added to it so this version right here is uh lime of course lime is the the key ingredient of the daiquiri this uses uh key lime and then we add in uh, the very complementary flavors of the uh, uh the yellow passion fruit and the kent mango to make it very tropical you know, very, uh, Island like, you know, like a, like a daiquiri should.
1: Oh yeah. There's definitely a lot of fruit going on right now and I'm digging it. And I don't think I've ever really had, again, this goes into me being a, I don't want to say uneducated palate, but essentially a a newbie palate, especially in the, the spirit realm and mixed drinks. I don't think I've ever really had a daiquiri. So I have nothing to give this a reference point to. But what I can tell you is I'm digging this. And you look like you're chiming in to say something, Eric.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat as you where I've never, like, gone to a bar and ordered a daiquiri, I don't think. But I'm familiar with it because I worked at a liquor store for a number of years. And I know we would sometimes buy things, you know, when they'd have like a mega sale and we'd be able to like get it at cost. Yeah. And I remember one time they had like those, uh, dailies frozen daiquiri pouches mm-hmm. and a couple of us employees got some of those. So I think that's like my only experience with a daiquiri is like the frozen bag. Yeah. Ones. Um, but no, man, this is really tasty and totally different from what we've had so far. It's kind of a, it, it's definitely a nice light finisher, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. This would be something I would, Hot summer day. There's somebody who is like says they hate beer, can't stand it. I would blind pour this into a glass and be like, shrink that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think it's cool that we saved this one for last because I really wanted to kind of get into um some of the nuts and bolts of the distilling process um, as much as we have time for that is. But uh, I feel like this lends itself to that conversation being a cocktail beer. Um, But I guess I just wanted to take a quick minute to point people in the direction of Ben Bruce Stillings website. Uh, You guys have a super cool mission statement over there and just kind of how you came to be. But one thing I kind of took note of was um, it says here that the brew house uses a uh, two vessel 20 barrel system that fills 40 barrel conical fermenters as well as a five barrel pilot system that fills a five barrel conical fermenter used primarily for sour beers. Now we've talked a little bit about
1: conical sours before
0: conical sours and the brewing process. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that lingo's, we know a little about it, but when you talk about the distillery consists of a 500 gallon mega still used for production and 26 gallon spirit still used for experiments and recipe development, what does that mean on the distilling side? Can you kind of explain that?
3: Yeah. I mean, basically we have a a small still and the big still. Um, the small still is the second still that I've ever operated, and um, we use it for calibrating the large batches. Uh, we use it for just playing around to experiment with the with different types of things. Um, before I ever made a brandy, I made it through that still just to to get uh, the use and the and the temperatures down and where we would be making cuts and things like that. Uh, the the big still, the mega still, as I call it, it's uh, a big uh, wow. I don't know what you'd call it. It's a custom-made still. Uh, designed it myself, actually. Um, another cool. place, another place where the yeah, sixty thousand dollars engineering education I comes say that, into play. That, that's where that brain is. <laughs> no kidding. You know, it's, I'm glad I spent that money. Um, but yeah, you know it's funny because the still is actually made out of a grain hopper. Um, there, I was visiting a, a friend's brewery down in Alabama back, wow, yeah, in 2013 maybe, and he had a uh, he had a grain hopper on a pallet sitting there, and I was like, how much you want for that grain hopper? <laughs> um, so immediately put pen to paper and designed our production still based on that, uh, that, that grain hopper that we turned upside down and uh, put a bottom on it and uh, just had a, a local fab shop uh, do all the welding, uh, put all the fittings where we wanted them, point and clicked on the internet, bought all the fittings. Um, even at that point, uh, everything we needed was available to order over, uh, over the, the web and, uh, yeah, just, just put it all together ourselves. Everything, and then, uh,
1: yeah. Everything you just said made me feel so stupid. You took a piece <laughs> of, you, you took a piece of equipment that wasn't made for the purpose that you're using it for. And then you bought it and then bought more stuff on top of it and then flipped it upside down and made it work. Like that is, I can't believe that, you know, I have a business degree and you have an engineering degree and now I know why. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's the, the sick way that we think, I guess, as engineers, as we look at something and we can see how we could repurpose it. Um, and, and that's our vision, you know, and then that's great. I love doing that sort of thing. Um, I wish I had more of a business sense, but I mean, I really do love what I do and, and and all that sort of stuff too, but uh, yeah, it makes it fun to to put these things together. We're always engineering something or another here.
1: I don't think you should shortchange yourself. You definitely have a skill set that not many people in the world have that they would be able to do, and then apply it to what you're doing right now and do such a crazy, like dualistic business model. Essentially, like it is. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I can't think of another Brewstillery off the top of my head. And I'm sure, obviously, Bartley, you're more privy to this than we are, being the master that you are. But, I mean, first of all, all three beers that I've tried are good, and then now you're having spirits on top of it, and then you worked at NASA. I don't get it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think one of the advantages that we also have is the fact that uh, what we don't know what we're doing, we stubbornly – through until we make it successful that's uh it's a very admirable quality to have i think
0: that determination (laughs) it's it's hard to not respect that and i think i mean it's let's be honest it's hard to be great at one given thing it's even harder to be great at two of those things so um being someone that's tried now your beers and uh you know a very limited selection of your spirits like you guys are crushing it, and I'm definitely excited to see what uh, Ben's doing in the near future.
1: 100%. 100%. Um,
0: so, other than just uh, this beer being in, in front of us, just being like a, a hazy fruit tart. bomb, yeah. what else can you tell about it? Like, tell us about this one? How do you feel about it?
3: Yeah, I love this one. This one's uh, one of my favorites that we have on tap right now. It's, um, it's very tart. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I, I I love this as a sour beer. Um it's also a, a great one to get people introduced to sour beers. We got a lot of people Agreed. that say, Oh, I don't like sour beers. I was like, Well, have you had a really good one yet? Um, and you know, and it kind of makes them say, Well, that actually is pretty good. So it's another one that we like to uh to to put into into people's out of people's comfort zones and get Mm -hmm. them into that comfort zone of saying okay i I guess i shouldn't dislike a whole genre of beer i should keep trying more of them until maybe i find one i like and you know that trying one is as little as asking the bartender for a sample yeah you know sure um too many people just 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 swear off a style of beer you know, and, and they won't ever try them anywhere. And I'm like, well, pretty much everybody makes everything different than each other. So, oh, yeah. It's always, always worth a little, you know, one, uh, two swallow sample or something like that. Personally, I really dislike uh, nut brown ales, but I keep trying them at new breweries that I go to just in case one of them finally makes one that I say, wow, this is actually a great beer.
1: That's really interesting. And, oh, Eric, do you have a, a tidbit. I mean, this is a
0: real weird tidbit, and I hope it doesn't open up a weird tangent, but, like, you said that thing about the nut brown ales. Like, you don't really like them, but you continue to try them. And Mm. I'm staring at a can of the Nordic Blonde, and it just made me think of, like, very Scandinavian family. We have lute fisk every year at Christmas, and, like, Mm. I've I've never liked lute fisk, but for, you know, 20-some-odd years, I have tried lute fisk at least once a year Mm -hmm. hoping that maybe one of these days i will like it and in some way (laughs) shape or form so i i respect that there's something to be said for knowing you don't like something but you're willing to keep trying it hoping that one day you might come around remembering
1: why you don't like it
0: yes can relate 100 percent. yeah have you tried adding hot sauce to it oh i have not no i've always had it the real boring way with like the white sauce and salt and pepper No, that just, sounds just throwing incredible. throwing it out there. Yeah. I got to check it out. I'm actually uh, currently making a fermented hot sauce right now. It's been about one week in fermentation.
3: So get down. What kind of peppers are you using?
0: Um, so it's a mix of uh, habaneros, Thai chilies, dried serranos that we're rehydrating in the brine. Um, and then there are some sweet twister peppers that are very low heat but good flavor, and some pumpkin spice, which is basically a jumbo orange jalapeno. And mm. then uh, the brine is just uh, you know salt, sugar, some cardamom, peppercorns, turmeric. Mm. But uh, good for the joints. Yeah, it should be good. We we got probably. 128 ounces fermenting right now. So we'll
1: see how it turns out. Quite a bit of sauce.
3: Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I actually used to make my own hot sauce too. Um, I never fermented it, but mine was a mix of... of, uh, And then we make a huge batch of Booyah. Um, Booyah? A bit of a... Booyah. Yeah, I'm a bit of a pepperhead myself. Uh, I love the hot and spicy. Oh, yeah. Our fridge right now has at least two dozen hot sauces in it.
1: Oh, wow. Oh,
0: man, that's amazing. I got to step my game up and maybe try to have that
3: as a goal for the near future.
1: Bartley, have you been to –
3: Once you make it – once you get it bottled, bring bring some by. I'd love to try it. Absolutely, man. I'd be honored to have you taste
1: it. Bartley, have you been to D-Spot and tried some of their spicy wings?
3: I have, actually. We've had our beer at D-Spot in the past, too. Um,
1: That stuff will put you on the toilet
3: yes well, well, it will um yeah they, they yeah they've definitely got uh they got the right thing going on there for sure
1: yeah now Bartley I'm interested you you touched a little bit on as when Eric went on about uh his tidbit I was wondering you talked a little bit about trying nut brown ales even though you know you don't like them what kind of drinker are you when you go to a brewery? Are you getting their flights or are you picking and pointing out a couple of ten ounces that you think you might like? Or are you just going straight for the full pint with a style that you know you might like and then deviating a little bit from that later on, seeing, you know, if you liked the first one or
2: not?
3: Um, you know, normally if it's a brewery that I've never been to, I go for the flight to get a sampling Mm -hmm. of of what's what's what and if uh if i'm there with friends that are of like mind we'll get flights that are complementary to each other so that Mm -hmm. if they have eight beers on tap and a flight has four i'll get the first four he'll get the other four right on and that way we can try each one and that's that tends to be how i try nut brown ales because i know i don't like them um, I never buy a full glass of it, and I never buy a bottle of it. But if it's there and I can get a sample, I'm happy to try it. Um, and actually, where was I? What's the brewery in, is it Perum? Ooh, are you thinking, um, so there's disgruntled? Dis- there's Disgruntled, yeah, in Perm. Yep, that was the one. That was the place where I finally actually had a nut brown ale that I did not mind finishing. I was like, this there we go, is actually good. Um, first one ever and never have been, been one since, you know, but that was one where I wasn't like, okay, I, this is undrinkable to my palate. This is one that I actually finished. Uh, but up there, I was just drinking the IPA after that. I mean, the, their IPA is very solid. Um, and, again, it all depends if it's a place I've been to before, I know what I like there, you know, or if it's a place that's got a whole lot of rotating stuff, I drank so much last time I was there I don't remember anything so I'll try them all again (laughs) right right um so yeah I I do definitely like to sample little bits of things um I'm not the the guy to just say yep give me a full pour of that IPA I do like IPAs but I'm not a guy to say that simply because there's such a wide variety of IPAs and I've had to force myself through lots of different beers that I, that I didn't necessarily like. Um, and I, I, it's, it's life's too short to drink a beer that you don't like.
1: That's why you slam it. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, I can see the appeal to both philosophies. I'm just gonna, I'm going to fall somewhere in the middle, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Hey man, it's been a pleasure having you. Um, this snackery, I'm really excited that we got to close the show out with oh, this no. one.
1: We're all out of it. That's we're all issue. out of
0: it. It's a shame because it was a good one. Dustin, I know you were digging it. If you had to rate it on the old
1: five star scale, on the sitting. old five scale, um, I enjoyed this one. To me, was the one I would drink the most often, and. As is the running theme on the show, I am the native tart head. I love just about anything sour, just about anything fruity, anything good, clean drinking, and this it all of them. It's got key lime. We know I'm a fan of that. Yes, please. It's got mango. Yes, please. Passion fruit. It's a give or take, but in this one, yes, please. For that reason, snackery, Brent Brustillery, eight. Damn,
0: that's a uh, strong score. Yeah, that's nice. sitting up there with one of your highest reviews. Um, it was
1: a good one, man. I, I, and which is weird because usually I like the over the top tartness, like that mouth puckering tartness where it just punches you. Yeah. This wasn't that, but I was getting so much fruit on it where it was just like getting a fruit sample cup from cub foods or target or whatever has better fruit than those supermarkets. And it was excellent. I would drink that 100% all the time. I would stock my fridge with that 100% all the time.
0: Very strong review. Um, yeah, I agree. It was a good one. Um, I totally agree with, uh, Bartley's sentiment that it is a great intro sour I yes. think for someone because
1: it's not All a cosmosis quadruple berry or five berry, twelve berry, whatever we're doing now.
0: Yeah, it's it's not it's not super high in ABV, it's not crazy tart, it's not super sweet. It is fruity, um, but it's it's well done, it's well balanced, it's nice and crisp. And also, I'm a big font dude and can design dude, and this thing sticks out the like double B's. You, when I saw the email of what the beers were that I needed to get for the show. I went up to uh, Merwin's Liquor off of Snelling and Larpenture. Shout out to Merwin's. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, just because it was close, and I had no problem finding this one because it sticks out. Yeah, it's right there. Very cool design. Um, I'm putting it at a 4.5. would I like buy it. it again. Would recommend.
1: I like it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Partly it- for your third child. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you know, everyone asks me what my favorite beer is and it is like asking who's your favorite child, you know. Right. Every every parent will tell you there is no such thing to your face, but then whisper to you when you're not someone else is so looking at you. You've that. never this talked to my, my mom. Favorite. You know, but um, you know, definitely mirroring out of of what you guys have said, this is heart but not your, you know, cheeks to your uvula chart tart um <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we we have made those before that are so puckering that you know it's just like Skeletors looking at you <laughs> um that, and that's something I do love as well I mean we've got beers like Verity that were so tart also the predecessors to this one that we had as taproom only were quite a bit more tart than this but we wanted to to pull that back a little bit just to um that one is going to be dark tart cherry okay. with um uh with persian lime and another fruit why is it escaping me right now me and chris were just talking about this the other day it's not uzo, but it's some sort of uh fruit similar to that name it sounds something like that a little two syllable thing it's a very obscure fruit that no one ever has ever heard of but that one we're going to take to another step further in tartness and then we're going to get more and more tart as people get more and more used to this beer you know and and have it as in its current form as only semi-tart into extreme tart you're getting Um,
1: more and more my alley with every release then
3: (laughs) yes i mean if I don't know, they're they're hard to find, but we do have a lot of the funked up series out there on shelves still from previous releases. If you find any of those, you'll probably end up with something quite a bit more tart. Those are in seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottles, okay, which which are getting harder and harder to find. Mm-hmm. But there are some stores that that may still have them. Uh, the, the snackery will always come out in the cans instead. But um, this one, also one that is one of my go-tos here while it's on tap, i definitely give this a, a solid 4.7. Again, with room for improvement, with uh, the increased tartness that's going to be coming with the, with the series, as well as knowing the fact that I don't know that there's much out there that can beat our Dark Father, which is nothing less than a five. Also... Um, Dark Father being a bourbon barrel-aged stout, that's extremely well-balanced. This one sells out instantly. That's releasing on Halloween.
1: You have my attention, Um, sir.
3: This has a very limited release simply because it is barrel-aged. We can only get so many barrels and fit so many barrels inside of our place. Um, But it is... It's something that goes pretty fast. It rarely reaches the shelves of the liquor stores. Most of the times, the people that work at the liquor store buy all the bottles before they get to the shelf. Wow! <laughs> um, it is one of those. That. I'm sorry. It is. It's all right. <laughs> it is one of those one case per store kind of beers because of it's of its limited production. Um, people come in, in here to the tap room and buy cases at a time, and that release will start at noon. On, on Halloween. Um, just a mental note if you wanted to make sure you got some and be, be here oh. that, around that time. I'm going to set a note for Siri. <laughs> I mean, we'd be dumb if we didn't. Hey, Siri, yeah. Um, and, and also, uh, another number one beer in my mind is Loop, And That is a triple IPA that drinks like breakfast juice. It, wow. it, yet it's 10% and um, the third. One, it will make you, hey, Siri, call Uber. Um, so,
1: what you're telling me, Bartley, is that we're going to need you have you on for a second episode to try three more beers from you, essentially.
3: <laughs> Very big beer. Uh, I think so. I think so. And then we'll have to buckle our seatbelts on our little desk chairs here, too. So we don't there we fall go. Off the bump. That's right. Dustin left. We'll, we'll add Jethro yeah. rope to the chair if we have to just to keep ourselves from falling out of our.
1: See. i like it i like it
3: well it's been a pleasure tonight man
0: uh getting to talk with you um
1: yeah i think that's yes
3: thanks yeah i loved it too had a good time
1: yeah next time we were we're going to dive deep into the the intricacies of a lot more of what's going on because i feel like there's just so much to unpack with bent bruce stillery that it's hard to condense into the the limited time that we have tonight, unfortunately. And there's there's a lot going on here, and I'm digging it.
3: There is. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, tip of the iceberg is is a one hour discussion, uh, or hour and a half, whatever. You, however, it, uh, <laughs> however you make it happen. But right. it is. Uh, yeah, there there's a whole lot that we do, and, and we we're we're never sitting still. We're always moving. Everyone asks about COVID and how you dealing with that. And I was like, well, I work harder. What do you do when sales slump? You work harder. That's exactly what you do. You don't curl in a ball you know, and cry until it's over with. You don't draw the curtains and hope no one sees you. And you survive. You, you fight. I mean, you, you, you fight, you scrap, you find something new to do, you find something else. And that's what we've always done. And that's what we'll always do is we'll, We'll keep kicking, scratch, and find a different way of of staying alive if our normal operation isn't uh, isn't working as well, or allowed to work.
0: Great way to close it out. Great words, Uh, Bartley Bloom, president and uh, owner, founder of Bent Brew Stilling in Roseville, Minnesota. Uh, Anything you want to plug? Or where can people find you before we let you go?
3: As always, of course, you're welcome to come into the tap room and uh, and um, and suck right from the teat. Um, we've also uh, have distribution through the entire state of Minnesota, um, as well as the western side of Wisconsin and the eastern side of North Dakota. Uh, but of course, uh, heavily, more heavily in the uh, the Twin Cities metro area. Um, if your local liquor store doesn't carry us, they should. Um, all they have to do is reach out to us in some form or fashion, and it's probably even likely that uh, one of our sales reps has been in there. And um, the the beer orderer or liquor orderer has just yet to to make the decision and pull the trigger on bringing it in. So that little nudge to get them to, to bring it in would be great. Uh, no such thing as too many customers so we're always happy to bring on more and uh, the community's help is in in support is what's kept us alive up until now through all this and uh, we're very appreciative of all that
1: right on Bartley well it's been an absolute pleasure and I honestly personally just can't wait to get out there and try more of your beers after the three beers that I've had today I'm pretty stoked on it I need to try more stuff
3: I'm always here. Stay high when you get here.
1: We will most definitely be doing that. Eric and I will be paying a trip down to the tap room very soon.
2: Cool.
0: Ben Bruce Thanks, buddy. Roseville. Thanks for uh, joining us, Bartley, and uh, catch us next week for the season finale, episode twelve of season one of Sudspuds. Thanks again, guys. Cheers.
2: Could you paint me better off? And could you sympathize with my needs? I know you think I need a lot. I started out clean, but I'm jaded. Just falling in, or oh, just breaking my skin? Can you help me? I'm built. I'm so scared that I'll never get put back together.